What's up, everybody? I'm Val, and this is Emmy. Hello. Look what I got. Yes. <laughs> Smart. The person at Dairy Queen actually laughed at me when I ordered this. Why? Because <laughs> you're just like such a tiny person ordering a large blizzard, which probably never happens. That's fine. <laughs> and. Well, she just chuckled because I was like, these are my munchies for later. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And I got, obviously, Oreo. Mm-hmm. Cookie dough added in with it. Peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And she was like, do you want a lid? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep this contained. So I, I, I don't know. I have been finishing a whole large blizzard lately. So I might not finish it, but I might. I love it. I love dedication. Yo, the amount of like animals I've seen with mental illness lately has been insane. What do so, you mean? The other day I was driving to work. Mm-hmm. And there's a truck in front of me. And I thought it was a bald eagle coming out of the sky but it was actually a giant turkey jumping out of a tree and it tried to jump on the truck and it was mm-hmm. right in front of me. And luckily the guy was able to like swerve out of the way. Yeah. But I was like, if that was me, I literally like don't know because it just dive bombed at it and it was in the sky. Yep. So you can't even see it coming and like yep. slow down. It like came from the top. Turkeys flying is one of the most, like, uncanny things ever. I was like, it probably scared that guy so badly. Oh, yeah. And the other day, so I've been having bouts where I'm, like, afraid of the dark again. Because it's Mm. just like I shut off the lights and I see multiple of the hat man around me. Heard. I've I've been sleeping with my LEDs on. But because the lights are on, this stink bug the other day just kept like, and it would be like, and it would go crazy. And I was like, can you just relax? And it would fly near my face. And it was so annoying because usually you see a stink bug and it's just chilling on the wall, minding its business. I love stink bugs. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I know they're, like, so annoying. I love them so much. Really? (laughs) Because they're, like, they're stupid. They're completely harmless. They have cute little, like, just their tiny little head and then their big old body. I don't know. I just love, because, like, they fly on me and they're everywhere at work. So I love picking them up and just putting them places. They're just so benign. (laughs) (laughs) This one had malicious intent. (laughs) It just really wanted the light. It just wanted the light so bad. It was like some CIA mind game business, like (laughs) trying to keep me up and see if I can still work. Literally psychological torture. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I know all the bugs are coming back. All the birds are back. On on my way to work today, Brendan drove me and it was, uh, 
we were like going onto the highway and I look up and I see a crow and the crow has all these like little sticks poking out of its beak <laughs> and I'm just like oh my god he's gonna go build a nest <laughs> like that's crazy <laughs> yeah I'm having a great time all the hawks are back um all the male chipmunks woke up last week so I bet in another week we're gonna have all the female chipmunks um because they wake up at different times but they do hibernate like partially through the winter they'll be asleep for like three weeks and then awake and then go back to sleep they're fascinating like honestly like watching them just like function in their little chipmunk society is like hilarious they have little like social hierarchies and like (laughs) it's just so cute and like I I know that I mentioned it like last summer but I'm really hoping to see this like one family of chipmunks that live like near the register outside because one of them has like a stubby tail and by the end of the summer he had kids and they had stubby tails so I thought that it was like a physical thing but now I kind of think it could be genetic and I think it could be like a mutation so I'm really hoping I see them again (laughs) I mean I think you've discovered a new species (laughs) (laughs) no But they're, like, so, I just, ooh, I love them. And, like, because I just love any animal that, like, coexists, like, so closely. Like, during, like, even right now, they're, like, practically under our feet. There's, like, animals literally running through the front door of the greenhouse. Like, it's so fun. I, like, I'm, like, obsessed. Um, And, but I love chipmunks because they'll they'll think that they're so smart and so sneaky. And then they'll just, like, They'll just like walk right behind you. But then if you look at them and they see that you caught them, they'll literally scream and run. (laughs) It's like they're like defensive squeak. They're like, oh, shit. And then they just have to go. (laughs) It's just so cute. Like I was working in the tropical hospital on Tuesday and I see this tiny little head just like peek around the door frame. And I just look at him and he goes. (laughs) I was like, oh, buddy. Did you ever see Lion King one and a half? Yes, when you mean they have, the like, best the one. Society, yeah, that was my favorite one. I had it on DVD. That one yeah. was the best, way better than number two. It was really clever, like thinking about it. Like it was the best way to do a spinoff. You know what I saw for the first time the other week? What? Over the hedge. <gasps> I'd never you know, seen it before. I have seen that movie at least once. I may have literally even seen it in theaters, and I've basically blocked out the entire film. <laughs> That's one of those movies I've seen, but I haven't seen. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I just remember I loved the squirrel, and then isn't there some, like, hard-ass skunk or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally, like, so I've seen every episode of Salad Fingers before, and I used <laughs> to be a really big fan of the creator. But I haven't watched it in like forever. So literally today I did like a salad finger speed run. (laughs) I like how you said that before we've even said what we're going to talk about. I know. Well, no, no, it's okay. I'm debriefing you. This is not in the podcast. (laughs) This is like, I would have been assigned something in high school. But I wanted to do it about something I was interested in. So I would have like somehow made that fit the prompt. Yes. Yes. I used to do that all the time. They'd be like, right. Like, yeah. Like they'd give you something like specific and I'd be like, sounds vague enough to me. Yeah. And they'd be like, good job. But this wasn't really the 
topic <laughs> literally <laughs> mine would always be like you know great job great paper i'm a little uncomfortable now but technically you passed <laughs> yeah i had a good day at work today today is like the first day that i actually feel like a human being again not how i'm supposed to like not yeah. what i'm used to like i'm still dealing with a couple after effects but I've been eating like multiple times a day, which is abnormal for me even before being sick. I'm yeah. really just trying to be like as mindful as I can. Like I have myself even on like a schedule. Like if I haven't like consumed something a little bit, I've been buying yeah. snacks. I'm not a snack person, but I'm bu I bought like, right? Yeah. See, that's how I'm trying to be because I think that that's much healthier than what I was doing before, which was like just maybe like two meals a day, water and coffee. Ooh. You're a snake meal kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I shouldn't be because we're mammals. I'm not a reptile and I'm I can't. Yeah, like, you know, like, that is how I should be living. I have to fuel this vessel, <laughs> this spooky meat carcass, and just kind of, you know, keep myself going. So I'm, like, thrilled. I feel so much better. <laughs> but I did watch a lot of movies. Any honorable mentions? Well, I already told you about the Fear Street trilogy. I, I want to see that. I'm still on Haunting of Blind Manor. Mm -hmm. Is um, this your first watch through of Blind yeah. Manor? I honestly, I know it's really good, and there were One parts. Six. Oh, there were parts that were really spooky, but I haven't finished it because I got bored. I I'm kind of at that point. I'm like, it could have ended after a fifth episode. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't even know how far I got, but I feel like I got relatively far, and I just kind of wanted more from it because, like, like the the haunting. Oh my god. It's not, it's not, it is Hill House. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like the haunting of Hill House, it like, it was like a slow burn, but it was still mm. dramatic enough that it kept like, every time you were like, oh, this is a little normal. You'd have like a 10 foot tall hat man, like walk through a door. Like, you know, it was like those little details that like kept you engaged. And I feel like Blind Manor focuses a lot on the living. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> but you like it I've also heard that it does have a gay love story in it yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> I love it so I, I've been watching that but yeah I get what you mean because it's like okay like the two people are possessing the children what about it you know it's right. like, what are their intentions so they can still be together as right. siblings like and like is is anybody gonna catch on like, do you not see, like, what's happening? Like, this whole place is haunted, and everybody's just like, it's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> so good, though, and the production value is so good. It's one of the better things I've seen on there. Mm -hmm. I, I agree, it could be shorter. Because kind of <laughs> like Midnight Mass, I was like, okay, like, only a couple episodes. I think it was like five or seven, yeah. two. That was perfect, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So when I watched the Fear Street trilogy, it was so funny because I don't like slashers. I think they're boring. I'm not interested in human on human crime. Do something else. Like be like get creative. Okay. If I wanted to see like slasher stuff, I would just turn on the news or something. But um 
But I was like, okay, you know what? I'm sick and I'm sleepy. So I'm just going to put this on and I know Brendan will like it and he's wanted to watch it, blah, blah, blah. And so I slept through literally two thirds of the first movie and I woke up like a little bit near the end, like sequence and stuff. And I was so into it. I didn't know who any of the characters were. I didn't know what was happening or what had happened in the interlude, but I had kind of like an idea. I saw the whole ending and it was sick. And then by the time the first movie ended, Brendan was asleep. And then I ended up just watching the second and third all the, like just straight through. Just God. just all three of them, just like one after another. It was awesome. Because they do, what is it? It's like the first movie is the present. The second movie is the 70s. And then the third movie is in like the 1860s. So cool. And they all link. And it's like a constant like time loop around. Because you kind of go back and forth a little bit. Like Interstellar. (laughs) Right. What if I go throw my ice cream in the freezer real quick? Yeah. I've ate half of it. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm proud of you. I have to plug in my laptop anyway, just realized. <laughs> Jamaican. <just tripped. laughs> Those stairs really get you. Oh my god, I bet. You have a lot of stairs <laughs> to contend with. I just have like the one set. <laughs> I bought this like stupid little reusable film camera from Target yesterday because I felt like it and (laughs) I'm really excited about it because I have three black and white rolls of film left over from college and so I'm gonna use them up Ooh, yeah I'm gonna bring that with me and I'm gonna bring my little Polaroid camera I'm just super excited (laughs) Ooh, I've seen some black and white stuff it looks really good usually yeah oh yeah I'm a little, it's it's a little nerve-wracking because it is literally just a point-and-shoot camera. It's just like yeah. some little, it's literally just like a plastic hollow body. And and I wanted it because I didn't want to buy like those disposable ones. I want a reusable one. Yeah. But but it's, it's nerve-wracking for me because I'm so used to having like so much control. So it's like really scary, but it's also going to be really, really fun to see like what the film looks like if anything even appears. I tore up my room looking for that like analog film oh my god because I like couldn't remember where it was but I was like I know for a crystal clear fact I have three canisters of film in this space (laughs) like there's only so many places it can be I found them like inside a box inside of another box I kind of like the forensic approach where if I can't find something I just kind of do a grid search yeah. um and just start Walk going the through grid. drawers and things yeah I'm like it has if I know it's in the space I have to yeah. just systematically go through the entire space and I'll find yep. it literally my room is so chaotic but by golly do I know where every single thing is yes <laughs> And there's only so many places that I keep my camera supplies. So I knew it had to be in like one of three places because I'm very particular about where I keep my camera equipment and like collection because I have a a collection that I'm building of like different styles and eras of camera. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's just a lot. (laughs) Oh, my mom finally added this to her Stitcher shows. Um. Oh, so we'll see if she listens. Oh, 
<laughs> I am literally so excited to meet Brenda. I feel like a super <laughs> secret guy. I feel so uh, blessed to be the first friend to meet this puppy. Are they going to keep that name? Yeah, because she responds to it. I'm like, guys, mm. <laughs> we, it's we, too we. late. I'm like, they're going to call CPS when you're trying to call her in at night. <laughs> Brenda! <laughs> like, get your ass over here. <laughs> oh my god. Are get in the kennel! <laughs> it's, it's really something, and I want to know who picked it. Uh, <laughs> but But honestly, I think it just makes it even better to fit into your like quirky little family and yeah. like <laughs> just just a dog with a people name it's fine and yeah and they're trying to use their like stern training voice brenda yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so messed up just drop it brenda yeah Brenda, you got shit on the carpet. Like, I know I'm like literally so excited to just like shake hands with every animal in your house. Like, I yeah. can't wait to be like, hey, buddy, nice to see you. Oh, hey, pal. I know. I think it'll be good for you. Like, it was so mm-hmm. therapeutic. I felt like I was at the library and there were like puppies <laughs> there or something, you know? Yeah. Because she'll like, get so excited and she'll start like rolling into you and you almost fall over oh my god yeah you know sometimes you just need some in what is it sometimes you just need unconditional puppy love from a puppy just no thoughts only happy (laughs) literally I need a dog I need a dog so bad (laughs) I love it (laughs) and it's only gonna get better as she gets older yeah this like esteemed esteemed coonhound lady brenda oh my god but just any excuse that i can find to display her name <laughs> that's the goal like those um vests that say like i'm nervous we just get one that says like <laughs> i'm brenda i'm brenda <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm going to take measurements this weekend. We're doing that. Yeah, like get it from like, you know, like one of those places like L.O. Bean that do like the (laughs) embroidery and stuff. (laughs) It'll look like a bad like translation like product if it just says I'm Brenda in all capital letters. It's like those shirts you'll find in Japan that are just like random English words. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. Just hi, my name is Brenda. <laughs> I'll just stick it to the top of her barrel chest. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. And she looks so serious too, like with her face. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So like, did I see the text right and that like they told her like your parents that that she was older than she actually is? Yeah, they said she was between three and four. Oh my gosh. But what, she's like one or two? She's definitely like one and a half. Like, it's insane. You'll see. That's crazy. Do you think it was an accident or do you think they just like did that on purpose? Um, I don't know, because she's very 
clearly like a super young dog i don't know if it was like malicious or if they mm-hmm. were just like yeah what's a little extra <laughs> right know? just a little padding i'm just i'm just gonna be like as obsessed <laughs> with her as i am with sadie and snoopy like yeah such special dogs sadie and brenda best friends <laughs> that's awful that's crazy you're gonna come home one day and they're just gonna be like sitting at the table having a chat over coffee (laughs) right without further ado would you like to tell me about your little my little guy the the salad yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so gross I, I was trying to think of something funny and then I just didn't so just like after watching literally like I think the the playlist is like over an hour long it's 14 episodes of salad fingers and they just get progressively more disturbing <laughs> so then like is that, that sounds like something he'd say it's like taking a little dip in the salad with my salad fingers <laughs> It's just like, ooh. <laughs> and did you watch all of them? I did. <laughs> I got to episode 11 and I was like, oh, I had to call a doctor. Like, <laughs> like this is too much. <laughs> it was a great reprieve when one of them was only like 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Where does it t- fall on the gore score? So, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I did write out little little bullet points for all 14 episodes I have and and the fun part right is that Salad Fingers all 14 episodes were made and put out over the course of 15 years the latest Whoa. right the latest episode was uh, about a year ago <laughs> right so this has been a long time which really makes sense because salad fingers is very much concurrent with my introduction and like development on the internet it's such a staple I'm talking about salad fingers I would say I did like not like a deep dive but maybe like a casual swim in salad fingers and really what I kind of like to do is I try not to Like, I don't really look at other people's videos or what other people are saying, like, about my topic. I really just sort of look at what I can find, like, whether it be in their, like, bios and their websites. um, And I look to see really just what information I can get by watching the actual, like, videos made by um, the Salad Fingers creator, David Firth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so... Um, yeah, David Firth does a lot of stuff. He does music, animation. Uh, I know, you know, he has just drawing. He does a bunch of stuff. He has a Patreon. He has a lot of stuff going. And he's very anti-big corporation, which I think is super fun. He's very passionate about that because um, like part of his little bio and Patreon is being like, well, I really wanted to be the next South Park. But then I figured out that that's really kind of impossible so now I'm doing this where I can just do whatever I want completely uncensored (laughs) I was like cool okay valid valid that's fine but yeah I mean I would say on the gore score 
uh, patent pending, that <laughs> the lowest score that I gave any of these videos was a two. And oh, wow. at some point, <laughs> yeah, there was there was no zeros, there was no one, everything was at least a two. So yeah, we can just put that right there. So literally everything gives you the heebie-jeebies, but some of them are just so gross. And I think the thing that makes it kind of crazy and something that I'll like sort of touch upon uh, when I sort of go through like my little write-up is um like the show because I, I, I like to call it a show because it's like 14 episodes that they have so far and it's like all these horrible terrible things are happening and Salad Fingers is doing these like horrible creepy things and no one is phased like nothing <laughs> really matters at all like he just really casually just like degloves his pointer finger and like writes something with whatever is inside his gross body and it's just like completely normal like are you kidding that literally just implied that he's wearing a skin like you can't just you can't just drop that this is canon now This seems like an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh (laughs) my god. It definitely like kind of has that vibe, but it doesn't have any reoccurring characters, which I guess Courage for the most part doesn't, but they sometimes do. But I feel like Courage at least has like context, like their civilization. (laughs) And I meant like how what is it Eustace and Muriel just act like (laughs) nothing is wrong. Yeah. Even though there's like a demon floating in their kitchen. Return the slab. I hated that guy as a kid. You know what I watched yesterday? What? The Scooby-Doo and Courage the Cowardly Dog crossover movie. Yes. It came out in 2021. And I don't know who asked for that. But (laughs) this came out when? Uh, Two years ago now. What? Are you serious? It's on HBO Max. Oh my god, I like would have expected that to have come out in like 2006. Yes, <laughs> this <laughs> this little thing, this little uh, poster that somebody made for it or whatever. It says straight out of nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. And I'm like, yeah, straight out of nowhere. <laughs> no one, nobody, nowhere asked for that. I just think it's hilarious. Oh my god, that's that's wild. Although honestly, it's it's not super duper crazy because I had a Scooby-Doo VHS and it was the Scooby-Doo movie where they meet like the aliens that are like hot like hippie girls and a dog. Um and at the end of that movie, uh there's the credits and then they have an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, I feel like I remember that almost. Yeah, I don't know why they were bundled. I never questioned it at the time, and I still don't understand. But okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I watched over an hour of Salad Fingers. I was listening to it at work, and then I listened to it more at home. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, so then I finished it at work today, um, and it was really kind of a lot it was just a lot it was just a lot of information and like my brain wanted to make sense of what was happening so bad but like I just couldn't and like I 
I'm not super duper like gore sensitive, but there were just certain things that he would do that would just like make even me super uncomfortable. <laughs> like there were certain points where I was just like tapping the right arrow key on my laptop because it was just weird. <laughs> so um, Salad Fingers, um, if you would like to go, you know, a little overview of, of this terrible little creature, there's like Thank zero you. context. <laughs> he's he's fully green and he's just green all over. It's like green uh, face and shirt and pants. But the skin color is kind of like that, like pale army green. And then the actual shirt is a teal. And then the pants are blue and his shoes are brown. And then it's a cartoon. And it's very kind of like, not like like rudimentary in like a bad way, but it's just simple. The animation is simple. The drawing is simple. There's not a lot of shading. Everything is quite flat especially in the first episodes oh my god it's just so creepy and so as a drawing he does have a black outline but on his fingers it's a green outline and I just think that that's a weird use of contrast or lack thereof according to the wikipedia there a salad fingers is about six feet tall and so his actual fingers though are like at least 10 to 12 inches long just judging off of the proportion from the fingers to his body and the fingers are also green he has four fingers but per hand and there's no fingernails or anything (laughs) and uh (laughs) right i know it's just it's so weird um so yeah he's like basically if you look at your hands and you just like took away your pinky and then you made your fingers maybe like two times as long uh that would be your salad fingers that's horrific (laughs) thank you thank you um (laughs) so weird and he does have teeth which i think is terrible and and something that i kind of noticed is as the show progresses he actually has less and less teeth so there is like some little bits of continuity from each episode to episode but nothing is explained everything is just kind of true it may be true it may not even have happened he could just be lying he's like the most unreliable narrator i've ever encountered and he talks in this like british accent and his voice is very like timid he's like a really timid psychopath like he has no regard for his actions but at the same time it's like he doesn't even know what his actions are doing to his surroundings he's like the most benign destructive force in this weird little world he lives in so like within the episodes you know things are really fluid and constantly changing and this lends to an overall like disorientation so you're never sure what's going to happen you're never sure like what's going to come around the corner or even to like what he is going to do to his surroundings or himself it really does kind of get the sense that he's very well versed in the universe that he currently lives in because he has like full control of his environment just not really the things that like live in it He also names everything, which is hilarious. There's Um, like, is he the creator? I don't think he is. So like, it's, it's really weird because I almost feel like he's a perpetrator. But then at the same time, I feel like he's like a victim. But I, I, and then like, at one point I was thinking like, 
has he lived here since he was a baby and that's why he acts so infantile but then like I also kind of think maybe he had something happen and then regressed to this state or maybe there was some big trauma and then it caused everything to just kind of end up like this oh (laughs) right there's like all these little things So there isn't much in way of scenery. Everything around him is very burned out, empty and desiccated. Often there's like a couple buildings, if any buildings, other than the one that he tends to come out of, which is kind of like a like a couple room shack um, that he basically like calls his home. But things also tend to appear like as needed and as they become like plot relevant to the episode. There are constant references to this like so-called the Great War, which as we know, like colloquially, that is used to refer to, I think, like World War One. So it kind of gives you this like false idea of when this could be taking place. But at the same time, it's like it doesn't matter and it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But it is a safe assumption that for him to use the great war as just a phrase that it could sort of like you could safely infer that there was most likely some kind of conflict and then some kind of fallout which left him like where we see him today and judging by the wasteland the state of the buildings and the state of the other quote-unquote people because like I, I was literally sitting there for like two minutes being like is people people isn't the right word but it's the only word I have (laughs) Is this like a Chernobyl thing? Is my yeah. first thought. No, literally, like, like due to the state of the people, like that you see and the characters that come in and out of the show, I genuinely propose that it could be based after a nuclear war. And my example, very specifically, is episode twelve, which is called Postman, in which you see a dog with the head of a baby. Whoa! <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, oh my god, it's instead of the cat with hands, it's the dog with a head. Right? Dog with baby head. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the other thing about Salad Fingers, and you probably will remember it from like the first episode, um, where it's like always like, you know, I like rusty spoons. I touch them with my salad fingers. <laughs> and that's like the thing. He has this weird like, like interest and like obsession with locating and keeping and just collecting all of these rusty objects anything from like a rusty spoon to a rusty faucet a rusty pipe a weird piece of wire even like just like the tiniest little thing if it has rust on it he like goes crazy and that's definitely like like a motif you see throughout the show it's like all this crap will be happening and then he'll be like "Ooh, a treasure maybe because Um, he's made of salad he can't (laughs) keep up with his iron content because he is leafy greens so he just needs to consume a crazy amount of iron (laughs) i mean maybe but i always thought growing up that because he's called salad fingers that he himself is made of salad so if he's made of plant matter technically he should be able to photosynthesize but if if this is a post-nuclear world uh, and they can't reach the sun through the crushed atmosphere who knows (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's just anemic i I mean honestly probably (laughs) he's a lot of things 
Um, Salad Fingers is often alone for a majority of the episode. Like, there will be times, and the thing, too, about him being alone, right, is a little bit even hard to say because a lot of the times he will be talking to himself he'll be thinking out loud then he'll start to respond to himself and then suddenly there will be something else or someone else you know someone but something else that he's like sort of talking to and like whether it be like finger puppets or whether it be some horrible neighbor that just came out of nowhere to scream at him wordlessly for 30 seconds um there's a heavy use of like sound effects as well. And so of course, like any sound that's gross that you can think of, like screeching noises, weird animal noises, squishing noises, those are all things that that you just hear in the environment and especially from other characters. Like he's probably one of maybe five characters tops who actually like speaks. But yeah, often he's alone. He's usually speaking to himself. And sometimes, too, he'll hear voices and commands that we as the viewer, like, aren't privy to. To really simply put it, like, a lot of the, like, like the Wikipedia that I was reading, like, they kept using the word disturbed. And I think that really is kind <laughs> of, like, like, the most sensical word that you can kind of apply to Salad Fingers as a character because he's kind of at that like point of being so crazy that nothing makes sense and that's fine and he's always happy um it's like this kind of just like I don't know almost like mania and honestly too like and this is part of like what I was saying earlier where it kind of makes sense that like if he's if a war took place and there was a big conflict and then he's left in this wasteland and there's nobody around like you learn to cope you know whether it's human or whatever like he probably just sort of learned to adapt to his environment and you also see too there's always like at least a minute in the first like few episodes and sometimes in the later ones as well but like not as much I noticed where there will be scenes where he's like basically starving and then all of a sudden it'll snap back and he'll be totally fine but like there are these little glimmers that I think is really interesting Ooh, but anyway he's like a zombie or has like prions disease or something you know it's it's interesting it's it's weird but I, it's just so I, like I'm hard pressed to even associate human anatomy with anything in this show because everything is so warped and there are like bipedal characters but most of the characters he encounters are actually dead and then he like manipulates like their bodies like physically and he like puts on a little voice and he's like oh what's wrong Mr. Fingers and then he'll like continue his life it's oh. just yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's very clear that he tends to live in his own world and any other character or thing alive or otherwise is subject to being completely fabricated. And so that's the other thing is like, he is an unreliable narrator. The timeline of any given episode makes no sense. There's very minimal continuity, which is totally fine. Um, but it really just allows for so many questions and just, you have to just be ready for whatever is going to happen. Salad fingers can technically be seen as nice and, you know, potentially even friendly, but genuinely he is not harmless. I think a good word may be even benevolent. He is just because I wouldn't even call him like evil, but he's not somebody you want to hang around. Um, 
he's really quite destructive, um, whether or not he notices or whether or not he even feels it, because he has a lot of like like self-inflicted injury, and it'll just be like a normal thing. Um, like like in episode uh, fourteen was called Market, and this is the latest episode. He is pretending to run a market and you know again there's no one there there's literally just crows and then something comes out of the ground and asks for a glass of water and then he gives him a glass of sludge and he eats it and goes back in the ground and then these birds come over and they pick up these like these like green things that I thought were leeches and the bird comes over and he like takes a little claw full and he flies away and salad fingers is like stop common thief how dare you (laughs) and then he's like no matter I know uh, the supplier and then he like starts just like taking bits of his own flesh to like put back onto the platter and you realize that he's like selling all of this like meat and bones and part of it is probably him and that's just it that's just how it ends <laughs> it's so creepy but like and he does that though he does stuff like that and he like doesn't even feel it so it's like you can't possibly be human so what is going on yeah when he calls <clears throat> when he calls blood like red water like yeah Yeah, he has this very like like little kid way of looking at things and describing things his vernacular is like really old so it does kind of like place him around sort of like great war era vocab um but he also just sees things so creepily like at one point he's like digging holes in his yard let me see what episode this is. Yeah, it's called Shore Leave, episode seven. And he's digging holes in his yard. And then he digs this one hole and he finds a body, just a dead body, half of it. And he's like, oh, thank God. Thank you, uh, Hubert Cumberdale, which is one of the puppets that you see frequently. He, there's like these little finger puppets and there's like two men and a woman. And one of them is named Hubert Cumberdale. And he seems to be the fan favorite because he reoccurs the most and so salad fingers literally finds this dead body names it kenneth and he's so happy that his brother kenneth is back from the great war so they have this whole day together and literally at the end of the day he's like all right back to the wharf to you and then he just like puts him back in the hole oh my god (laughs) yep yep (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> and then like bonkers it's so bonkers like I will literally go through some of my bullet points just to like give you an idea um so um one of my favorite ones it was really creepy uh it's called the letter and it's episode nine and and this is the second time that you see a character called Mr. Branches right but the first time you meet Mr. Branches, and, and you can probably guess what he is. He's a tree. He's a dead, desiccated, gnarled black tree that's just outside of Salad Finger's home, like actually pretty far away. And um, I would say at least like like a like a hundred yards or something, like pretty far. And so when you first meet him, it's like this inanimate object that Salad Fingers is talking to. All right, cool. I can live with that. We got to episode nine. 
And all of a sudden, you have this creepy, like, worm thing breaking into Salad Fingers' house. Salad Fingers literally picks it up, kicks a bite out of it, and you hear outside a muffled, Oh, Daddy, that hurts. And you're just Ew. like, oh. <laughs> And then Salad Fingers goes outside, and he's like, You naughty boy, what have I told you, Mr. Branches? And Mr. Branches is like, I'm cold. <laughs> And in like Salad Fingers is like, well, if you're cold, then you'll have to come inside. Why don't you? And then he just goes back inside and the tree is like crying outside because it's a tree. It's in the ground. It's just so creepy. And and this is also too one of those episodes where there's literally a couple episodes um, where Salad Fingers, I'm convinced, dies. He literally dies everything stops and then he'll just wake up again so i literally think that this is some kind of like purgatory this is some kind of hell it is fully possible in my opinion that salad fingers is immortal it like this is just it whoa yeah and there are like i've mentioned there are moments of gore throughout the series but it's like it's not even gore for gore's sake it's gore which it's literally just an effect of what they're doing um and some episodes are definitely grosser than others but totally potentially on purpose but i don't necessarily think so um but any violence that seems to that like occurs within the show honestly seems to be like by accident or just to further whatever weird goal salad fingers has like created at that moment what I also find interesting throughout the series is that there are these flashes of like salad fingers in his environment that read as much more realistic. Like you get these glimpses of things that suddenly make sense enough that you can actually like get context from the from like his room or things like it just doesn't seem as curated. Again, unreliable narrator. Like some episodes, like when they flash to these moments, he becomes a much paler shade of green, very lethargic and basically starved, which makes sense because there are no resources in whatever hellscape he's living in. And he can't find food. You know, money isn't a thing. Uh, You can't just go to a store, you know, and he doesn't even have plants outside. So I can't even imagine if he killed like his neighbor. I don't even know if they're edible. It just doesn't work. Um, and it'll also show his room change. So, like, sometimes he'll be, like, upright and sitting on his bed, perfect, creepy army green color. And then the next second, he'll be, like, slumped over on the floor, completely pale, literally, like, on death's door. And then it'll just snap back to him being, like, normal again. And his room will change. His room will go from, like, clean and neat, almost barren, to completely dusty, dirty, black, all just messed up and then it's like clean again so like these little windows of whatever reality we're being shown I feel like is the most true one and so it almost really feels like that all of these little adventures are just like the dying visions of a madman right or what yeah. if you can like travel through different realities you know Oh my god, get this. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's hard to even stand behind like what I just said, because 
there's an equal possibility that the salad fingers that we follow isn't the true salad fingers. And through the episodes, as you experience these different realities, it makes sense that each one has its own salad fingers. Because there, there are literally these like moments where these like timelines will cross. One of his puppets will be little and on his finger. And then all of a sudden, it's like 10 feet tall and it's standing over him. Or sometimes he'll open his front door and he'll see himself sitting in a chair already inside yeah it's so spooky um and by episode 11 which is called glass brother this was one of the longer episodes and it was actually i think like plot wise the most complex and the most sensical it had like a beginning middle end and end even though it was just still salad fingers Yeah, but by episode 11, you're faced with the fact that in this universe, there is an existence of doorways, specifically by way of reflective services, surfaces, whether that be spoons, puddles, mirrors, uh, bile, blood, anything that gives a reflection that is a, a reflective surface. And at first in this episode, you think that he's just talking to his reflection, but his reflection does start to talk back. And you start to see a room in the mirror. And then there's even this character that, like, you can infer to be Salad Finger's mom. And it's, like, this really weird dynamic of, like, our Salad Fingers being bullied by what he calls his glass brother and his glass mother. And so... Yeah, and there's literally, like, proof in the episode that they can pass things through the mirror... But the glass brother keeps stopping salad fingers from coming through because he's being a jerk. And it's just so weird. And it, and that's, that's like, I would say that that's the most cohesive story because then like the glass brother steals something from our salad fingers and our salad fingers like goes through a puddle to get into their world to steal it back. And then there's a fight and it's like this whole weird thing. Um, And by the end of it, he breaks all of the reflective surfaces. And then, of course, in the episodes afterwards, you never see them again. So it's like, is it canon or nah? Are there doorways? Is he like, because now I'm like, okay, what if that's his actual house? And he has a brother and a mom, but he just lives in this weird little world because he went through the mirror and they can't get him back. Yeah, right? Or the brother won't let him come back or something. Yeah, or maybe he's like exiled or something. But it was so interesting to see him break all of the mirrors and wipe up like all of the puddles and stuff because that's the only time that you that I would say that he like does something for himself. That's the only time that he stands up for himself throughout the entire show. And I was almost like happy for him. I was like, good job, fingers. Like you did that. <laughs> um so creepy uh generally the episodes have no plot or even a goal definitely no morals or themes or really anything in them um each episode proves to be more convoluted and disturbing than the last body horror is also something that is prevalent but it's also like like everything is gross but it's not like in your face it's not like bleh for the sake of bleh it's like it's just stuff that makes you go like ew like it's it's literally like um it's like the same sensation of like when they do this thing in like horror movies where like a fly or a bee like flies into somebody's ear just to like get them to like flinch it's like one of those um (laughs) so creepy 
It's like um, that stink bug. That's what it was doing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Government drone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but like, um, my least favorite. Okay, so my least favorite episode out of all of this, and like the rating I gave it is a nine out of ten. It's episode three, and it's called Nettles, and I hate it because it just makes me uncomfortable. It's not even, I don't even think nine is an accurate measurement of the ickiness for the general person. But for me, I hate that episode. I can't give it a 10 because then I'd be a liar, but a nine is fine. <laughs> but, but then there's this other episode, which I think is just like, I think the premise of haunted radios is so fun. I don't know why. I don't know when that idea got me, but I think it's so cool to have a spooky voice coming out of like an electronic. So in this episode, it's episode eight called Cupboard. He's being like yelled at by this like broken radio uh, that he named Roger. And then he finds like what he was a hair but I think it's supposed to be like a copper wire but he literally takes it and he's like oh look a treasure and then he like drags the wire across his sclera which is the white part of your eye (laughs) yeah and like I just that specifically has always been the scene that has stuck with me so I believe that Salad Fingers exists only to create chaos in this post-apocalyptic landscape. He is the least destructive force, yet does incredible damage to himself uh, and his environment. And yet, he is still somehow the only one who has remained sentient. Uh, Which is, you know, still a bit of a stretch, because this man is crazy. Uh, I would even believe he is immortal and is destined to forever live in the barren valley and spooky shack he calls home. He has no goals, no hopes. He only is Salad Fingers. It sounds horrific. Um... They're so weird. And, And the thing, too, that really got me is, you know, each episode is made years apart. And so his animation skill does get marginally better, which for me as the viewer is so unfortunate. (laughs) because like the better it gets the worse it gets you know what I mean it's almost like if somebody was trying to make horror but their only program they could use was Microsoft Paint because it's but it's still like the style is pretty straightforward yeah and it's also like when you have bad animation with difficult subject matter the bad animation makes it less believable and so it's more palatable but the more that the animation gets better and the and the animation and the light and the shadows they start to make sense it like causes you to like suspend disbelief so it's not fun anymore <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm still a big fan, honestly. And now I'll just I just won't watch Salad Fingers again for another decade, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's like his little hand puppets are all his victims or something. Like it just right? makes you think he's kind of like a deranged killer, and like this is how he sees society, but it's actually just like how it is now. But because he's so unreliable, I wonder if like. He's mm-hmm. just that insane that he doesn't even register. There's other people like still going right. around him. Yes, yes. Is this how like a doomsday prepper sees the world. 
I mean, honestly, that that's kind of the vibe, but he has no wherewithal to do any prepping. Yeah, and he just like eats the puppets sometimes. Yeah, he's, he'll literally just like eat them whole and then they'll like reappear again. At one point, he takes Hubert Cumberdale and he like covered him with flesh and he's like, you're a real boy now. And Hubert literally is like talking and walking and stuff, but he's literally just like globules of like fat and flesh just like sewn together. And then the next episode, he's back to being a puppet. <laughs> You know, like how in Rick and Morty, they just have the same characters in different universes. It's almost like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, but worse. I like when an artist like really commits to their style and their project, though. Yeah. So the fact that over years, he's still been doing the exact same thing for this. 15 years has not lost the salad finger magic. I know it's almost like how everything by Tim and Eric is like oh same thing yeah 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 oh yeah i can't even tell you how many times i've started watching something or brendan put something on it takes me like five seconds to be like is this tim and eric so like sometimes i see stuff and i'm like is that david firth have you seen um i just watched this the other day and it was wicked good hbo max we're all going to the world's fair movie no it's basically about a girl that does a creepypasta Oh, she starts having weird changes, but like you're watching it from your perspective and it's like she might just have like depression or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. it was really good. That's Um, awesome. I liked it a lot. I'll add that to my list. I've been really on like a Netflix kick. So now I've been like adding like all these movies to his like watch list. We've been watching some like bangers, some terrible movies also. Like, we tried to watch one, and I I don't remember what it was called, but I know it was called something awesome. And then it said creature feature, so I was like, sign me up, even though it's bad. But it's not bad because the movie's bad. It's bad because there's, like, no monster. They had zero budget. Oh, I was going to say, I've seen a lot of Netflix movies. I might have seen that. It was, like like from beneath or from hell or just something stupid and it's like these people accidentally like unlock these monsters from like a cave or something and it was like oh you dumbass but then it's like you know if you're gonna call it a creature feature there should at least be an hour's worth of creature footage like come on like I don't want to see a hand I don't want to see close-ups of teeth like give me a monster I need head to toe monster i've got a monster i can tell you about yes (laughs) yes please regale me with some monster stuff because i need it in my life so for my also patent pending (laughs) tales from the cryptid (laughs) just everything is patent pending yeah, unless somebody helps me pro bono. <laughs> Seriously, I would love to pursue the gore score. I was very proud of that. So my monster was actually a real thing this week. Yes! The first in three episodes, so... I thought it was debatable that it was real, but I, I want I want to hear. A megalodon refers to an extinct species of mackerel shark 
that dominated the seas approximately 23 through 3.6 million years ago. And its name actually comes from Big Tooth. I'm opening up the little shark book I made for my sister. Yes. So to give you a little more info on sharks, I'll read you my foreword from that. <laughs> okay. And I wrote this for the child, so. Yes, the Did you child. <laughs> Did you know you're more likely to be harmed by a falling coconut than you are a shark? All sharks are cartilaginous fish, which also includes rays and scapes. The earliest sharks date back over 400 million years ago, but the sharks we know today are only about 100 million years young. They're apex predators, which means they don't have anybody that preys upon them. Really? Yeah. Like not even orcas? Um, I think the definition has to do like with naturally preying upon them versus like would they attack each other? Ooh. But, oh, I know, I know there have been like circumstances where they go at each other though, right? Oh yeah, I mean I like orcas are unhinged, truly. Oh. <laughs> Orcas, in my opinion, are, like, just as bad as dolphins. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> do killer whales hunt sharks? Orcas are known to hunt great white sharks and only eat their livers. That's horrific and targeted. <laughs> that's, that's very specific. They're using those livers for something. Something we um, don't know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh... Maybe it has to do with, like, the food chain. Like, how we're technically apex predators, but, like, we could get eaten by a bear. Yeah, I also have to fact check that now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. The baby won't know any better. That's true. That's true. We could just lie to the baby. So, when I was researching, what I found interesting was the most common depiction of a megalodon is basically a giant great white. But there's mm -hmm. actually some debate surrounding this notion, as in how closely related are they actually? And can we just assume the great white is just a smaller version of a prehistoric shark where we only have its teeth remaining? This idea was first brought to me while I was watching a documentary called King of the Seas. <laughs> and it discussed the confirmation bias that might make people leap from megalodon to great white before any other species or model that could represent what it may have looked like because mm -hmm. we're already so familiar with what a great white looks like we kind of just want to extrapolate that to here's mm. some teeth we found yeah that's crazy and it's like it's kind of like how great white sharks are like that blueprint um there's a word for it but it's like kleenex and band-aid it's yeah. like you think shark you think great white shark you said it was what was it related to like the megalodon oh mackerel mackerel yeah. yeah i thought that was actually really surprising because i also heavily associate it with like the blueprint of a great white shark but a mackerel shark this is thrilling yeah and in the same documentary mm -hmm. they were talking about how basically people want to put 
the teeth of a great white and a teeth of a megalodon together and be like they're the same you know because if you kind of look at them they do look similar Mm -hmm. but they did this cool thing where they showed that the teeth size aren't actually proportional if you scale down the megalodon teeth to the proportions of the great white they no longer look similar oh that's cool yeah that's like an optical illusion yeah i didn't know that before and one detail that i liked in this documentary was that in order to help determine the bite force of a shark species the scientists take the head to a local hospital for a cat scan so they (laughs) could have a 3d model to play around with I was honestly kind of hoping that you were going to say something like really medieval, like they take the head of the shark and they just press really hard into like a piece of meat or something. Yeah, and I was like, what a tall order to just bring the shark head to the (laughs) hospital that is probably working on patients right now. (laughs) Oh, man, imagine that day for the new guy. Yeah. Hey, Travis, we need you to take the shark head to that hospital down the street. The what? Where? So their teeth size differ, but mm. their vertebra are similar. So it is debated how closely they are related. Right now, though, the consensus is that they're both lamniforms, which is a certain size and how many fins the sharks have. But they differ after that as you get more specific. Uh-huh. It was thought they belonged to the same genus, mm. but not anymore. Is genus kind of like, like, like I, um, people ask me at work, they're like, are these plants related? And, and cause like sometimes they'll have like the same leaf pattern or leaf shape or the way they grow or the bracts they have. And so I always say like they're cousins, um, same species, different cultivar. Is it kind of like that same thing? Like if they were in the same genus, they'd be like genetic cousins. So it goes domain five kingdoms phylum class order family genus and then species oh so it's like one step above oh that's cool okay that's awesome that you remember the whole like tree (laughs) oh my god i love taxonomy i'm always looking at different tarantula (laughs) to see where they diverge and then i'll look at the photos of each species and be like oh they do look really different (laughs) your brothers so because it's like obviously known that this has been extinct since about four million years ago trying to find the potential sightings of these was not as easy as (laughs) trying to find any cryptid sighting ever yep there, like, even if there were any, it's the fact that people know it's extinct scientifically that they just don't spread. Because, like, you can confirm that they're not credible versus a cryptid where it's like, well, maybe, you know. Oh. But I did come across an article where September 2022, a story broke where a team of researchers thought they saw an indicator of a Meg on their radar. But do you want to know what it actually was? What? A school of fish. What? (laughs) 
and I looked at it though and I was like damn that does look pretty shark like damn <laughs> the fish are so, evolving if you're interested look that up because I was like well <laughs> oh my god I found it yeah that does that's weird doesn't it yeah like watch that be some like freaky deaky evolution thing where they like swim in the shape of their predator <laughs> while I was looking I was brought to some juicy gossip when in 2013, during Shark Week, the Discovery Channel made a fake documentary regarding (laughs) Megalodon sightings. Oh my god, I'm so happy you're talking about this. I had never heard of this before. Even on Discovery Plus, it still says documentary on this episode. Liar! But the so-called scientist were revealed to be actors and the evidence they presented was fabricated discovery then added a quick disclaimer to the beginning and end as a response to public backlash and this is also the most watched shark week episode ever because i was like i was kind of wondering why so many people thought it might still exist Mm -hmm. it's literally directly because of that quote-unquote documentary yeah And there were so many, like, articles saying how harmful it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that level of misinformation, it was, like, crazy to watch in real time. And it tricked me, too. Like, there's even stuff that you've already told me that I'm like, no fucking way. (laughs) Like, I thought it was, like, Loch Ness rules. It's like, no, like, it's it's dead, buddy. It's been dead for a long time. (laughs) Not everyone got the memo that this movie was debunked. So mm-hmm. many th- still think it could be around, mm-hmm. but we know for a fact megalodon teeth are absent from the fossil record as far back as six through two million years ago wow. <laughs> in the stratigraphic column. That's so cool. And What's a stratigraphic column? Uh, layers of sedimentary rocks that Ooh, can be okay. identified as different units. So this time actually also corresponds with the period of global climate change where Mm -hmm. ocean temperatures were beginning to cool. We know we can use ice cores to keep track of ocean temperatures over time using the oxygen isotopes that are present in the ice. Basically, we think that after their absence started as the Miocene carried on, which is the time period, smaller whales faded out and larger whale species could have replaced them. So this might mean larger prey was more difficult for the Meg, if you will, to catch. (laughs) I did watch a few other movies while I was deciding which two I wanted to highlight. And these ones were kind of in the middle of the road for me, but I have seen them recently. So number one, Deep Blue Sea from 1999. Oh, hell yeah. But... I do want to give a shout out to Samuel L. Jackson in that movie Mm -hmm. because that was awesome. And then when he got attacked, that was a cool shot. I Um, love that movie. It was good, though. I liked it. It's fun. And then I watched on Hulu The Rakan 2022, another shark movie where two people kind of just get stranded. Is it like, are they stranded in the water or like on a boat? Oh, just in the water. Yeah. 
oh, my least favorite. I also watched 47 Meters Down from 2017. <laughs> and Nathan and I actually saw that in theaters. Oh, and why? there's a photo of me in 2017 in front of the like cardboard cutout at the movie theater. <laughs> I, I think you've shown that to me. I, I think I have. <laughs> Obviously, one of the movies I had to cover was Jaws from 1975, Ooh. directed by Steven Spielberg. It had a budget of $9 million, and then it went on to make $476.5 million in the box office. Oh, damn. So I'd be surprised if nobody has seen this movie, so I won't make my summary too long, but mm. <laughs> I would describe it as... A delightfully Bostonian, non-specific New England town. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, are they in, like, Boston? But, like, it would be slightly different. And I'd be like, no, like, I don't know what they're talking about. But they sound exactly like us. <laughs> I, th I thought it was supposed to be in Maine. But that could just literally be my assumption as a New Englander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because Maine is basically, like, the same. It, yes, yes. Like, Massachusetts, Maine. Same place. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically just like Massachusetts, and then like five other people that live above us. <laughs> and a deer. A shark is preying upon beachgoers just before 4th of July weekend, and the town officials don't want to close the beaches, so they hire a person to catch the shark. Breaking news, the shark is caught just kidding that was a tiger shark and we need a great white so they try a couple different methods to catch it that don't work people die and then they finally dramatically explode the shark by sticking a pressurized oxygen tank for scuba diving into its mouth and then shooting that which pretty creative ending so this movie's obviously a classic and i liked how the gore from right off the top Mm -hmm. was off the chain like i was surprised for the time period how bloody it was mm -hmm. while i was researching i read that spielberg said that he wanted the superstar of this movie to be the shark mm -hmm. and it was <laughs> <laughs> the second jaws was also well received but the third and fourth not so much mm. some of them were even had reviews that were like this was a disgrace to the franchise. Like, even though it kind of fell off with the third and fourth movies and some of them, one of, I forget which one, but it has a 0% Rotten Tomatoes rating. <laughs> Damn rip. But Jaws still completely jump-started the shark movie obsession. Mm -hmm. The second movie I watched, 2018's The Meg, and it was actually yes. inspired by the 1997 book, Meg, a novel of deep terror by Steve Alton. Yeah, and... I'm going to let you know right now. I've seen the movie. I've read the book. And they were Ooh. just as good at e as each other, which is... Oh, my God. I want to yeah. listen to the audiobook at work for sure. It's really bad. <laughs> it's I... so It's so bad. Oh my god, I could go on about when I listened to Jurassic Park, so... Oh my god, that would be so fun. And I can also watch The Land Before Time. Oh, babies! <laughs> or Dinosaur. Do you remember that one? Like, cry and throw up. I used to have the CD-ROM uh, computer game 
I'd skip the part where the asteroids came. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. It was too much. I, I remember being like, what do you mean? Aren't the dinosaurs supposed to live? And my dad was like, no, Emmy, like the, this is how the dinosaurs died. And I'm like, this is a Disney movie. They're supposed to live. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, why can't it be about like the hundreds of millions of years where they were alive? Literally, just lie to me. Just lie. <laughs> so <laughs> this movie has a rather star-studded cast with Jason Statham, America's sweetheart, Rain is it, Wilson. Is, is he, I thought he was British. Well, <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's British. <laughs> Jason Statham, America's sweetheart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Them two. Lee Bing Bing, Winston Chow, Cliff Curtis, and Ruby Rose. Oh, and right. if you don't recognize all their names, you you would recognize them as actors. No. I know Ruby Rose. The movie starts with Jason Statham and his crew <laughs> on an underwater rescue mission that's, quote, the worst they've ever seen. And he plays a character named Jonas, which is essentially Jason rearranged. Which makes sense because anytime you see him in a movie, you just know what to expect. Like, he's just himself. He's just Jason Statham. Yeah. Playing as a regular guy in a movie. And it's almost like he's unaware that there's a movie happening around him. It's just another day at the office. So the scene sets the tone for what's to come. Our gang of scientists go back to their home base and they're debriefing about how they think the Marianas Trench actually has a layer of hydrogen sulfide that acts as a gateway to an even deeper secret part of the ocean. So I don't know if you're still There's with more. me on that one, but... That's literally exactly how I remember it. <laughs> and they do use the buzzword thermocline, so... Somebody took an oceanography class somewhere and then decided to write this movie. They audited one single biology class. So I even was looking into this and how that science absolutely makes no sense. I was like, it's a movie. I'm going to suspend my disbelief and keep watching. So I just believe what they told me. The inciting incident of the movie is when they send a rover with a team of three people. Somebody attacks it. And this is, they're sending the rover underneath the thermocline, which you've seen it, so. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> so, they send the rover down, it's attacked by something, and the signal to the team of scientists is obviously lost. So now they need to track down Jonas, who's kind of become a recluse in Thailand, and they need him to mm. do one last rescue mission. And it's kind of like in the Hulk when he hides out and Black Widow yeah. has to go get him. Oh. One of the scientists, Su Yin, played by Lee, attempts to rescue them by herself. And she's very like kind of girl bossing, like, I can mm. do it on my own. Like, spunky. I don't need anybody's help. And she gets in a vessel and goes herself. And she's attacked by a giant squid, which is then Damn. attacked by the Megalodon. And, yeah, that was probably the most exciting action of the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
So Jonas takes a vessel of his own to distract the beast. He rescues the three stranded people and everyone makes it out for now. And side note, <laughs> Lee and Jason had great chemistry. <laughs> and I was living for that. Like, I don't know what it was, but they just hit it off so well. And I was like, I need to keep watching. <laughs> I'll do this for you. Yeah. So they go back to the home base again. Everyone's there. But because of the heat, when they went through the layer of hydrogen sulfide, the Meg followed them back through the gaps. And now it can't get back down. And the team has to do damage control. And there's a log segment where they put a tracker on the Meg. People are falling in the water. Sweet almost drowns. But Jonas, of course, saves her. People are getting eaten. And of course. before they can get too relaxed, an even bigger megalodon leaps out of the water, <laughs> wrecks their ship, and snacks on some of the crew. And then for a while, it's sort of like <laughs> Jaws, where random people around the world seem to be attacked. And I got a little mm-hmm. bored here, but the movie is PG-13, mm-hmm. which made a lot of sense mm-hmm. regarding why it was lacking some of the scariness that Jaws brings to the table. I was reading that there was buzz about the sequel coming this year in 2023 and that the sequel might be darker and possibly rated R this time around. Oh, hell yeah. The ending of this movie was rather abrupt. And it's so abrupt, Mm. I barely even remember it. (laughs) Yep, yep. Like, just unsatisfying. Yeah, it was like, there was so much action and then it just didn't really go anywhere it just ended mm-hmm. it really forces a sequel yeah i wonder if that was it yeah that that's usually what i guess from movies especially too because meg was like played out as like a big like blockbuster even though it like fizzled really hard the movie was about two hours long but i that's think too if long. It was, yeah if it was a crisp <laughs> 90 minutes i'd likely yeah. be left wanting more yep <laughs> they gave you too much. Yeah. <laughs> its budget was approximately 130 million and worldwide it made 530 million, 500,000 about. I thought it was like fun, but same with Godzilla sometimes. Like I just yep. want more beast. Like why yep. am I watching all these people talking? Right. Oh my god yeah 100 fucking percent like i don't care about your interpersonal problems where is the giant lizard one scary bit that i did like was when suyin has this daughter which you probably remember Mm. and she's Mm. in the hallway like kicking like a ball around or something or she's playing with something Mm. and the megalodon like swims by yeah and it just like looks at her and she looks at it and then there are a couple bits I did chuckle when it just gobbled people up, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Like when Just unceremonious. Yeah, when the guy was, like, their crew member was just in the water, like, playing around, and then it just came up from underneath. Right. He was like, you had gone. to do my man. You had to do my man all like that. But I'll eat up any shark movie. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of deep sea horror 
and deep yes. space horror because I really believe science fiction and horror they are they they hold hands you know they they play tug of war and they are my favorite genres as much as I do love shark movies sharks today are threatened by overfishing such mm-hmm. as in shark fin soup mm-hmm. and since 1970 their population has been reduced by about 71 percent oh my god basically fishermen catch them cut the fins off and just toss them back in the water to die yeah but regardless shark themed movies are still an interesting phenomenon to me because people me included eat them up no matter how bizarre they are and it's just such a free genre so I wanted mm. to include some honorable mentions for you. Okay. So some I thought of watching or have watched, but would have just been too crazy to even try and dissect on here. I'll say the name, and then if it warrants a little description, I'll give you a little description. The first one, Dam Sharks, where there are sharks that build a dam out of human body parts, and they prey upon a group of campers. No. <laughs> I've seen that one. I like that one. Sand sharks, where <laughs> these sharks have evolved to swim through beach sand and attack beachgoers. I saw that one. Yeah. And we all know the Sharknado franchise, but I particularly <laughs> like how the third one is Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Shark Exorcist, where a nun summons the devil to possess a shark. Five-headed shark attack, where it looks like a starfish. (laughs) Avalanche sharks, where they can swim through snow in this movie. What can't they swim through? Sharks of the corn. Santa Jaws. Stop. And my favorite one. Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. (laughs) prison that was my favorite name oh my god my favorite one is uh i think it's sharktopus yeah and then there's oh my god i just looked it up there's sharktopus sharktopus versus whale wolf and (laughs) sharktopus versus terracuda which i think is a dinosaur Uh, i'll watch any of those any day Oh my god. <laughs> what was that when you said shark in the prison? Shark and saw women's prison massacre. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> right. Shark and saw. 2015? Yep. This is yeah. This is everything I thought it was. That's also, so I saw we were supposed to get invaded by aliens today, and I guess that hasn't happened yet, so that makes me feel better supposed yeah oh yeah we were supposed to but i think that's been rescheduled (laughs) i know i have stuff to do on tuesday and i was like at work and i was like guys like i'm gonna have anxiety about it now like i like hate it when when i see stuff like that but the thing that like kind of gets me past it is to remember that like somebody is like prophesizing something like that like every day yeah 
and everybody picks just like you know maybe it's march 23rd maybe it's january 2nd like and i was telling them that and i was like well at least i get to see carter tomorrow and then that'll be fun if thursday is then my last day at least i get to do that the day before at least Um, i have something yeah i was like well i knew this day would come eventually um (laughs) That's, so I guess yeah. that has to be Thursday. At least I have some nice plans on Wednesday. <laughs> right? Like, thanks for the heads up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was way more stressed about that than I want to admit. But no, I totally, I honestly, like, totally understand. It's crazy how stress just, like, or, like, anxiety especially, it'll pick, like, one thing. And it's even worse when you know it's, like, not true, but it just doesn't matter. Because it's like, what person would post that on the internet and not mean it? (laughs) I know, I don't put anything past anybody. But, like, speaking of anxiety, like, it hasn't happened in a little while, which has been nice. But, like, there was literally a point where my anxiety was, like, so bad during the winter that I could, like, literally put everything away in my house, leave my house, lock the door, leave, and then, like, two minutes later, I'll be like, I definitely didn't burn, you know, blow out a candle. Now the house is going to burn down. My parents aren't going to be home until this time. I should just go back. (laughs) I do the exact same thing where I'm like, every single day, I'm like, what if I left my bedroom light on? Because we have the cat. I'm like, what if I left both doors open when I went to work? Like, right. And I'm like, I would like do that. Why am I stressed? Right. Or like, I'll literally think of things like, like one time I had this like, like crazy fixation of like a blowing out a candle and then leaving. And then I was like, what if I didn't blow the candle out well enough and it reignited and now it's like setting the house on fire? Or yeah. like, what if I plugged in something only halfway and then too much dust got on it and then now the house is on fire? Yes. It's like I live in the brave little toaster house. Like, yeah, I you leave know, and then they gain sentience. Yeah, like literally. Oh, it's so bad. Because then, too, that I'm like waiting for a phone call that won't come. And it's like there's relief that the phone call won't come. But then at the same time, where's the phone call? Yeah, it's coming. The human brain is awful. Like we're literally just like meant to be outside picking berries. Like I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> Why can't I hunt and or gather? Yo, I'm such a good gatherer. (laughs) I'm so good. (laughs) I'm a collector. (laughs) Yeah, it's an art. My dad was making fun of me this evening because um, I do have a tendency to kind of like have a lot of recycles in my room and I'll even put them in a bag. I just won't bring them up. So then I'll have like two bags of recycles. And then so my dad was like, telling me to bring them up because it's like trash day and then he was like all right come on hoarder and I looked at him and I was like pointing to the garage and then I pointed to the shed and I was like let's take a walk let's take a walk and see inside that shed and he was like hey hey, hey, hey. we're not talking about that (laughs) I was like I was like first off I learned it from you secondly glass houses he did not appreciate my humor my favorite glass house quote is from, I don't know if you ever saw the Ricky Gervais show, but they're asking Carl, like, I think idioms and stuff. And they're like, mm. 
what do you think of when we say glass houses you know and he's like people in glass houses shouldn't walk around naked (laughs) (laughs) and they're like that's not the quote (laughs) he's like no but it makes sense (laughs) he's like no this is just ending it this is just a statement all right bedtime oh i know i'm gonna go right out right literally i'm gonna put on a nice parks and rec that i've seen 50 times and have a nice snoozle bye <laughs> good bye, <little> sebastian <laughs> oh i thought you said boss all right i'm signing off <laughs> yes thank you so much for listening i'm having a lot of fun i cannot wait to pick my next topic think of salad fingers when you think of me (laughs) welcome home columbia beautiful beautiful